Hello, and welcome back to the Creative Human Podcast. This is Vanessa Freno, your host. We are here in another episode of the top people that inspire me. So the season is totally focused on people who I have been friends with, people who I've met through social media, people who I keep in contact and just absolutely blow me away and inspire me. And I'm super, super excited to um, introduce you to you to our next guest, Lizette Bellas. Welcome, Lizette. How are you? Hi, Vanessa. So happy to be here. Yeah. So for reference, Lisette and I have known each other for so many years and I've been following her journey and I just absolutely love her. So I was so, so happy when you accepted to be part of the episode. So thank you so much for your time in advance. Of course, of course. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into the conversation, so knowing a little bit more about you, the million dollar question, right? What did you want to be when you grew up? What did you tell people of that wild question where I, I always say, I think that should like be banned, like globally, that should not be asked. We should not be having to fit into one box. You know, traditionally we are all creative humans. So what is your answer? Oh my God. It's so far from what I'm doing now. Um, actually when I was a child, I used to watch the um, Dr. G show and she, you know she would do she was a pathologist she would do the um you know when you die what is that called yeah I, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah so she would and then she would do that and and so it's so funny so I, I wanted to be a pathologist I wanted to be in the medical field and um long story short I was able to do an internship in high school Mm-hmm. And uh, the closest they got me to was the emergency room because they couldn't have me, um, you know, with, with dead people. Right. And um, it was great because I learned that medical field was not what I wanted to be in whatsoever. You know, huge respect to those people that are in that field because, you know, especially the nurses, it's, it's so much work. And I remember just watching um, a guy who had cut his hand and literally fainted and After that, I was like, nope, this is not for me. (laughs) I didn't end up going that route. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Like told or we're given these guides, right? As like we're growing up, like, oh, I wanted to be an attorney. Great. And then I went to go work for an attorney. I was like, I don't want to be an attorney. And then I wanted to be a vet. And I'm someone who can't really see blood. I can't see, you know, so I had that experience too. I was like, no, I can't do that. You know, we're like told all these traditional ways of being. Um, So I'm very grateful, right? That we live where we like in the times that we do today, because our ancestors definitely you know, we're in survival mode and they're definitely giving us the opportunity and privilege to have the opportunities that we have today. So one of my favorite quotes is our ancestors are our wildest dreams. I love that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and it's it's really, I I work with kids a lot and, um, you know, I'm always telling them, you know, you, you can, you, you can be whoever you want to be and it's okay for you to change your mind and, um, you might have, you might find a better path, but it is a lot of pressure when kids think that they have to, you know, go this route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's way too much. And um, it's unfortunate, right? Because it takes the creative piece out of it. It yes. and puts you in this box um, and it's unnecessary. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, awesome. Can you give us a really quick overview of who you are today? And then we'll go way back. Um, into the past and bring us back into the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so today I am the CEO of LGV Development. I founded this company in 2018. We are a construction management general contracting firm, primarily focused on uh, federal contracting, but we do a little bit of work in the private space and um, in the state and municipal as, as well. But, you know, our, our focus is federal. <laughs> I love it. I'm like so obsessed. Like you are a woman in this male dominated industry. I like, I'm just so obsessed with you. You have no idea. I absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So tell us, where did you grow up? Where were you born? Do you have any siblings? What was like family life like growing up? Yeah. Um, so I was born in Colombia. I came to this country when I was seven years old. And um, we came to, you know, Lowell, Massachusetts. So I'm a fellow, you know, Lowellian, if you, you <laughs> want to call it that. And um, I'm an only girl and four boys. So I was always surrounded by males, which, you know, um, it, it did make life easier in, in some <laughs> way to be able to navigate in a male-dominated, um, not just with construction, but also you know, prior military. So in the military, I was also around a lot of males. And I think that really my, my whole life prepped me for, for everything that I, you know, kind of went through after that. So, you know, I grew up with my father and my mother. Um, they're still married. And, you know, we are a very close family. You know, most of my family, <clears throat> you know, the rest of the family is still in Colombia. I think that the closest family that I have is probably New Jersey and then I have some other ones in Miami but other than that it's just it's really us and so we've we've learned that together you can do so much more and you know that's kind of what we, we've been sticking by and as a matter of fact um, currently three of my brothers work for me in the company wow. and so it's yeah it's 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 been a blessing in disguise really because you know so the business is like a family affair, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I like to say that um, I'm a hundred percent owner, so you know, I like to say that it's it's family run. Um, yeah. and, and it seems like you have really great boundaries, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I I like to set. You know, I'm very black and white when it comes to my expectations. Yeah. And so you know, I try to set those in you know, right away, like, hey, this is what we need to do. And it's just, it's all, we're doing construction, right? So um, there's always an objective and a task that is physically being done and you can actually see it and touch it and, and see it. And so and that's the objective. Like, how do we get there? And that's it. There's no, you know, BS or anything like that. Um, it's very straightforward. <laughs> So I love that. I love that advice, right? Like creating boundaries. Like if you're going to have people within maybe family or friends within your business, it's just really understanding what your expectations are and just setting those boundaries. And I think, I think sometimes people don't really do that because they're not comfortable with having honest conversations. But I think once you have these honest conversations, everything is so much smoother, expectations, boundaries, and everything just feels so much better and everything goes with the flow, right? Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny because it's not easy, right? Yeah. Setting expectations and, and having honest conversations. It's not easy because um, I'll tell you, we were having com communication skills is a skill. And 
we we're we're not taught that when we're children we're not taught that within our families i think especially like immigrant families but it's just it's not a thing right you, you do as you're told and that's it you just keep moving and unfortunately it's it's not good because you know having an open conversation it's it's going to set the tone for everything else yeah and it's having healthier relationships i'm so glad you're talking about this um and it's definitely something that i practice with my family i'm like you know let's have an honest conversation like judgment free everybody can talk their feelings out let's just put it all on the table but we also have our agenda of what we need to get done here are our boundaries the expectations Everybody good? Everybody says their piece. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes. Awesome. Okay, cool. So um, do you have like any of like, you mentioned that you're from Colombia. I'm also from South America. My family's from Bolivia. Do you have like some really fun traditional things that you love culturally or maybe a food you want to share with our um, Well, I'm a foodie. I love food. <laughs> so I love all food. Um, but you know, Colombian culture is is amazing. Like it's very vibrant. You know, if you go to Medellin, they call it the eternal spring because it's always like perfect weather. And um, I mean, I love everything about Colombia. Actually, I'll, I'll share this with you. When I I went back to Colombia, probably at 18 years old after yeah. you know being here for you know from the age of seven. And I went to the mall and I, I remember like it was yesterday because, you know, in America, you just go up to the security and you say, hey, like, where, where is this place? Right. And he literally, he's like, miss, um, you know, hi, how are you? And it was funny because it was just like a, almost like a, a, cult, a culture shock because it's true. Like we in America, we don't take the time to say, you know, hi, how are you? Acknowledge the person for, for them. Sometimes we just kind of, you know, we're, we're about our way and right. we keep moving. But he, he kind of, he was like, hi, miss. Hi, good afternoon. How are you doing today? And I'm like, okay, yes, yeah, so, you know, we have to, um, it's more formal and, you know, but it's necessary, right? I think that um, it, it was a good lesson for me because, you know, so something that I, I practice now a little bit more and yeah. I acknowledge yeah. the person. I say, hey, how are you doing? How's your day going? Um, I love that it takes a second. Up. Yeah, I, I, I love that you bring this up because like one of the things, right, it's like the hustle culture and then it's like you go, 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 go and you're just checking things off. Um, but like we kind of forget that where it's like human interactions through business or through friendships or whatever that might be. But if you go to other countries and I even think well, Europe would definitely, you know, qualify for this. It's like, how are you? Like, let me get a pulse check on you first because everything else will and must wait. And I love yeah, that. Yeah, and it's, and it's so funny, especially in, in New England and like the Northeast, right? Because if you go to the South, they're, they're a lot slower. Comes, you know, they will have a conversation with you. Um, but it's funny because when you ask someone like, you know, it's, it's always like, hi, how, how are you? you know, some people are actually shocked by the fact that, and, and they embrace it and they're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm doing good or whatever the case may be. But um, just taking that second to acknowledge the other person is so important. I love it. I absolutely love that. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. So what is your favorite Colombian meal? What is that? La, like? la bandeja paisa. I mean, you know, this is the typical Colombian um, dish. 
you what have your you have beans, rice, pork belly, um, more protein, either some a beef or a chicken, whatever you want to put in there, some plantain. It's definitely not for any kind of diet. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. Um, one of the classes I took in college was it's called Food for Thought. And it was very interesting, actually, because they talked about depending where you are, your food um, dictates what, you know, what kind of what kind of food you eat. And I realized that, um, especially in Medellin, a lot of the food is, is heavy on carbs. It's a lot of potatoes and juca and lot, like rice, ton of ton of carbs. But it makes sense because Medellin is in a valley. So there was a lot of walking that had to be done. So people ate that, which doesn't really help you, you know, fast forward too many years later when now you have cars and you're less mobile as a human being. Um, but it's, it was really interesting because I was like, oh, and if you think about it, like anywhere, anywhere that's a Caribbean, there's going to be a lot more fish, a lot more um, of the seafood involved. And so managing notes, heavy on carbs. <laughs> awesome. I love that. I definitely love that. I've had that plate before. It's so yummy and delicious. But that's also really cool to think about like that class, you know, the food for thought, like we don't think about it. Like um, people normally talk about like the diet culture and I, I don't even like the word diet because it's like the word die is in there and I'm just like oh you know but it's, mm -hmm. it's interesting like what are we putting like how are we nourishing our bodies and where is that being sourced and that tells you so much of where you know locally things are being sourced or whatever so that's so cool I, I think that's really cool and I'm so glad you took that class and that you brought it up that's pretty neat that's a fun class I think Okay. Um, so let's fast forward. You came here, you, um, at age seven, you went back to at age 18. Like what was like early adulthood life for you? What did that look like? Um, so, you know, I, I grew up in the low public school systems and, um, it was, I mean, it was low, right. And it, and, you know, it was, it was just a different time. I, th I think at that time we had MySpace. Um, <laughs> there wasn't any kind of, uh, there wasn't a lot of heavy, you know, social media. I, I think I had a Boost Mobile at the time and we would just do like the walkie talkies. And whenever you wanted to ignore someone, I remember you could just like press the button and just ignore them. And so it was very different times. Um, but it was great. You know, it, it, it gave me a lot of like street knowledge and, um, you know, the friends that I made, I've, I'm still friends with them. So, yeah. you know, it, it, I think it, it, it gave me a lot of powerful lessons. Lowell is a big immigrant city. Um, you know, I think as you get older, you, you kind of start thinking about, okay, well, why is it that my parents chose Lowell over, you know, Miami <laughs> or something like that. And um, my parents, um, you know, they came to Lowell to work in Joan Fabrics, um, you know, with the textile mills. And they've, you know, they worked there until they basically shut down. And, um, you know, they just, I don't know, my parents just, they did everything that they could to provide for us. And um, just, they're very hard workers. So they taught me like, hey, just you work for, for what you get. I also have uh, a younger brother that I've, you know, I've taken care of since he was born when I was 10 years old. So um, he's, you know, he's like my, my pal and, you know, really my best friend um, right now. So after, 
I guess after um, going through high school and going through all that, um, I I really wanted to join the military um, from a very, very young age. Like, I want to say, like, when I got here, I was like, I want to join the military. I was, uh, I'm, a, I'm still extremely patriotic and I'm very grateful for being in this country because it's definitely opened up so many opportunities that I would have never had a chance to, um, you know, to have had, had we stayed in Colombia, right? And so I did that. I took, I took what was given to me. I made lemonade with lemons and, and I just kind of kept working. Like, it's funny. I feel like I'm, fi I'm finally kind of like looking up, like yeah. seeing like what's around me because I feel like I just, I, this whole time I've just kind of kept my head down and worked. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so what was the transition like? did you feel like there was a transition or were you like mentally prepared like going from high school and going to the military I attended military school when I was much younger in my mom's country and I remember that like mind shifts in my head I was like freaking out I'm like what is happening but then I look back and I'm like oh my gosh I'm so grateful for that time in my life because that totally made who I am and it made that whole foundation it just like really blossomed really great for me yeah um so in high school I was in ROTC I was in Air Force ROTC. So the one thing I knew is that I wanted to be in the military. Um, I will tell you that when, uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't have my papers when I was in high school. So I wasn't able to join the military for, for a little bit. I actually joined when I was 20 years old after I was able to get all of my, um, you know, my, my paper, my, yeah, my, my green card, basically. And um, I joined the Army. So I joined the Army and... Um, I was, I just wanted to join. I wanted to be, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I know people, it's funny when you join the military, people are like, you're either here because you're patriotic. And if you are, that's going to go away really fast because, <laughs> you know, um, in just basic training, it's, will you know, we'll break that into you or you're either here because of college or you're either here because you have family that was in the military. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the case for me, actually. I just, I, I, I just wanted to be in the military. Like, yeah, it was just your calling. You just knew it. I knew it. Yeah. And it was like, I was willing to do anything and everything to just be in the military. Um, and so I joined as a truck driver at the time it was 2011. So, you know, you think back and that's really the height of, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan war. And um, as a truck driver, you're, you're basically, it's, it's difficult, right? You're, you're kind of the, the low hanging fruit because you could be, you know, driving and hitting an ID or, you know, and for those that don't know what an ID is, it's, a, it's an explosive um, that is human made. And that's not necessarily why I wanted to be in the military. And so I knew that, um, I did, I did want to get deployed. I did want to go through that because, you know, for me, it was like, look, we're, we're in war. This is where we need to be um, at that moment in time. So for me, it's like, I, I do want to put, I, I want to play a part in, in, the, in the whole um, situation. But I ended up, um, because I was ROTC Air Force, I actually ended up going to a recruiter um, in the Air Force side. And this is like after I already had my citizenship and, you know, I was, you know, completely green lighted. I ended up uh, going to the Air Force recruiter and I told him, I said, hey, I just I went along tech school. I mean, you remember those days we were 
at the time I, I was doing, you know, bottle service and, you know, working in the hospitality industry, um, waitressing. So for me, it was like, I just want to be a little steady for, for a good period of time. And I told him I, I want something that's high, um, highly deployable because I did want to deploy. And, um, and I told him, I said, if there's a bonus in there, might as well throw it. And so I, you know, he found, um, he found a, a unit for me in the Air Force. It was a civil engineering squadron and there was no bonus. However, I did get a really long tech school. I was in Texas for six months. So yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was a great experience. And, um, you know, all we did was construction basically. So it was, it was awesome. And, you know, and what, you know, I told you earlier, being in the military and being surrounded by men my whole life was also played a part being in the military because just to put it in perspective in my shop I'm the only female that's ever been in that shop till this day and in the whole unit there was probably like five other females um if that so and it was like a unit of probably like 100 people so you know um I guess life taught me to navigate through that, but I, ne I didn't necessarily understand or um, realize what that really meant until maybe after. I mean, honestly, not, not till like the last two years. <laughs> it totally sounds right. Like if you ask maybe another person who's like in a different mind, like mind perspective, it's like, oh, they could have totally been like, yeah, I grew up with brothers and I haven't been around much women. And I wish things would have been different, but you were like, this is my superpower. Like, this is what I was given. These are my lemons. Here's my lemonade. This is the juice, <laughs> you know, and we are totally going to rock this, right? Because that was your superpower, right? Turning these, these situations in life, which are not necessarily negative, but like really owning it. And you're like, okay, not am I, not only am I just going to grow up with all of these brothers and just have really like um, Latin American cultural roots coming to the U.S. I'm going to serve this country for giving me the opportunity for me and my family, but I'm also going to, you know, be in this team and unit where it's like not many women till today. Right. And you're like this whole representation and you're just owning it. And now you're like also in like a male dominated industry. <laughs> It's like, yeah, but, but I'll tell you, like, while I was in it, there was never like a thought or I didn't even realize that, hey, I'm the only female. I think it was maybe one, one of the one time I, my, my supervisor was like, oh, don't pick that up. It's too heavy. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, don't tell me what to do. Um, so, I, you know, those those things that you go through as being a female in a male-dominated um, industry started coming up here and there, but I still wasn't paying, like, I wasn't fully paying attention. I feel hey, like I mean? was, yeah, I was just kind of going through it. And you know what? I was, uh, you know, I was just like, hey, watch me. Like, I can do it. Um, and I, I think, like, much part, I'm 30 years old now, so much part of those 20s was all about, um, almost like I, I was just proving, I was like, hey, I can do it, I can do it. And so I think like now I'm in a very different mindset. Now it's like, I don't, I don't have to prove anything. <laughs> I don't have to, you know, I don't actually have to do this. So it, it took a long time for me to, again, like really like look over the edge and, and realize what was really kind of in front of me.
Yeah. So it's interesting that you're sharing, right? That you don't have to prove yourself anymore. I can totally relate with that. Like, I feel like I've had like within the last year, like a huge awakening. It's like, who am I trying to prove? Right. Like I've worked in corporate my whole life and I'm like, who am I trying to prove? Cause I feel sometimes we get so caught up with um, trying to prove society, not because you know, it's an ego thing, but I think we're just humans and we just want to show people like, like we really mean good and yeah. we really want to help, but then we're like overdoing it. And then it's like, wait, what about like literally our physical bodies and our mental health and our emotions? And, and then like, I'm 32 and it's just all this stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, you know? So you're like, hold on. Yeah. I actually am not a compensation package. Like my value is not a compensation package. My value <laughs> is not a contract signed by a client. You know, your value is not your bank account. Right. And then you start, I, maybe it's like something in your thirties. It's like some like thirties dust that starts like Hey, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think like for me, um, the latest, I guess, awakening is like, you don't have to make other people feel comfortable, um, which was a huge, like something, it was like, almost like, when I realized that it was almost like, oh my God, what, like, what am I doing? Because yeah. literally, and then it's like, you look back and you're like, this whole time I've been doing X, Y, and Z to make this other person feel comfortable, you know, to make, um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm wearing something or I'm saying something or I'm not saying something just to make somebody else feel comfortable around me because they're not used to maybe seeing someone like me or right. used to being in, in the same space. And I realized that, you know what, it's, that's not your job. Your job is not to make someone feel comfortable. As a matter of fact, you need to make sure you're comfortable. And that's the only thing that matters. And it reminds me of this quote. I'm like, so not saying it down to the word, but it's like, you don't have to set your fire. You don't have to set yourself on fire to make other feel like other feels warm or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and- like, oh, what? We, we don't have to what? <laughs> Wait, what? it's like mind-blowing but it's so simple it is and it's like the the most simplest things in life are usually the hardest you know Um. mind-blowing and then you're like wait a minute okay so now I have to like unteach myself everything that I've been doing to like have just a healthier flow on like this new perspective which was really hard right yeah no and because I think that especially as a woman, right, we are so taught to be gentle and be feminine and be docile and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, and and also you don't have to be loud. It's not like you have to go like the opposite way. I think it's just, I don't know. I I mean, I don't have children, but I can't wait to have children because I'm like, I will, (laughs) I will put all these things, you know, I will make sure that they understand all these things. Yeah. And I also think it's like generational wise. Right. And it's also cultural, you know, like I, I feel so honored to be like today, you know, where we live with my roots and knowing so many people like yourself. Right. And it's like all these lessons that we're taught that are very traditional and old school. And I honor and respect that so much because that was in survival mode. Um, We do have the privilege today where we are, right? We're in Massachusetts and just, I know the scenarios that we're in, we can pick differently. I know other places in the world are definitely not in that place. No, 
So it's illegal for yeah. women to do some of the stuff that we're doing mm-hmm. right now. And, and just a clear example, there's still 130 million girls without basic like education around the world. So yeah. to me, like I'm so, um, I'm like a huge advocate for like the Malala fund, mm-hmm. like huge, uh, because I'm like, okay, so what did I get that I feel like changed things for me? Right. And like, I feel like it's basic education. Like I didn't have a career, a traditional career path. I went to college, but I dropped out because it wasn't true to my core. I also didn't feel welcomed there necessarily through my process, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, what can I do different today? Right. And it's having these conversations, right. That's why to me, this podcast is just so valuable because I feel like it's our like social human responsibility, right? Because right. we're strong people and it's not easy to get to where we are today. First, giving ourselves our credit because we don't do that. And then two, just saying, hey, these are literally like the top five basic things that nobody ever taught us that give us this huge aha moment that changed yeah. our life. So instead of you wasting like five years, like here's the the 411, right? The cliff notes. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> Right. Cause then I feel like the more we transfer information, like we will definitely some way, somehow impact these 130 million girls. Right. Like if right. we're spreading information, like it, that's all really what it is. And it sounds wild. It's like, okay, how is this conversation going to change? But you just never know who is listening. Exactly. And, and I'll tell you, like, um, I'm huge on education. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I've, I've made a pledge to, donate at least all, all of our donations 95 percent of them will go to education specifically and so education is power um like yourself i you know i had a a bumpy education right um you know i i had i went through community college and you know i did uh, i did the air force community college and actually i just graduated called um my with my bachelor's degree uh, last month, last month. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you. But it was it was definitely a journey. But I'll tell you, I, I kept going to college for communications and like journalism kind of things. And I'm, I guess that that wasn't really for me because I'm not I'm not a writer. Um, well, I don't like to write that much. If I write, it's because I just you know I'm doodling. But when I went back back to school, I went for business management, and it was so amazing because I was like oh my god I'm going to school for something that a I'm already doing and and b I actually I really do love this and so um yeah I wish I don't know I I wish there was there was more you know um just awareness in what real life really is um to these kids so I actually co-founded a nonprofit last year it's called like conversations and um, that nonprofit, all they do is they, they do speaking engagements. Um, they go to high schools and they bring in professionals to speak about their journeys and their careers. Um, and the whole point is just to, you know, showcase that there's all these fields, there's all these paths that you can take that are available to you that maybe you don't know about because you're just, maybe you don't have family that's ever been to college or maybe you just, you just don't know that that's yeah. even a thing, right? I think we had one of the one of the kids we had was like an esports. Um, he, you know, made boatloads of money. It's like I don't know. You get paid for gaming, yeah, that is a thing. Um, and this is how you can do it. This is how you can get into that segment if you want to go that route. 
I love that. I love that. Okay. So talk to us. Okay. So you're in the military. How do you get to where you are today with your business? Like, tell us. All <laughs> How did it happen? Um, it was, it was definitely not something that I planned. Like I told you earlier, I thought I was going to retire out of the military. Like that was, that was the plan. The plan was to retire. Unfortunately, um, you know, after my last appointment, it was, it just, I knew I needed to, um, it was my time to leave. And I, I ended up opening LGV for multiple reasons. Um, at the same time, I was also working in, in a corporate environment. I was a sales rep with, um, you know, for the liquor industry. And I was hitting the glass ceiling. And it was mostly happening because I didn't have a college degree. So I realized that, you know, all these doors are closing on me um, because, I mean, at the time it was really the college degree. Um, at least that was my experience. And um, I also went through, you know, situations where I'm like, you know what, I, I need to figure something out. And um, at the time I was, you know, really into a lot like real estate and because I had my experience with the civil engineering squadron in the air force construction was just like that lateral um like it was it was almost like it almost just landed on me um and it was very it wasn't forced it was just a very natural um segment and i love it like i love construction because now i mean especially being a general contractor really we're we're putting the right pieces of the puzzle together to make something and so it's all about building relationships. You know, I always tell my team is like our, our weakest subs is, is, is our weakness as well. And so we have to make sure that, you know, we are creating a relationship with them. We're also understanding their business and making um, just like a, a powerful partnership more than just a, trend, a one-time transactional thing. Yeah. Uh, so my husband is in the construction field and I always tell him, I'm like, why are things done so traditionally? I'm like, why isn't there someone who's like disrupting the industry for the better? Right. Yeah. And he's just like, things just don't work that way. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Construction is one of those industries that's when it comes to productivity, they're really lagging. And so we, yes, we are a construction company, but our, our focus is really um, to implement technology as much as possible. Right. Because so you are the disruptor. Yes. Oh, oh, definitely. In all kinds of ways, you know, not just because I'm a woman, but it's like, it. look, because all right so in the air force you could deploy anywhere and do construction literally anywhere um whether it was you were demoing something you were paving roads like we could do it and so when I got out I looked at the private industry and I'm like what it's so weird like why why are people not working with each other this is like you know and nothing against the union you know we we hire them to but, you know, you think about like union, for example, like where you have the carpenters union that doesn't want to pick up, you know, something because it's that other person's responsibility. Like, no, let, let's just all work together. Right. Let's, let's try to find a happy piece to get the objective done. And so, um, I don't know, when, when it comes to everything, I'm, I'm very like, look, who is the authority here? Who 
actually has in, in construction, obviously there's codes, there's compliance. There's always, we right. don't make things out of thin air, right? Like you don't just go and build something and um, do it the, the way you want to do it. You have to comply with whatever the local and permitting and, and all that stuff is, is calling for. And with federal contracting and even like the layers even get heavier because, um, you know, if federal contracts um, are given by contracting officers. Mm-hmm. Contracting officers are warranted by Congress. And they're the only ones that have the authority to give out a contract because they're basically spending taxpayers' dollars. And right. so it's it's all these layers, right, of bureaucracy that you have to um, navigate. But you know what? Um, having, I think people get really emotional sometimes about, you know, what they want or what their feelings are like. And I'm a, I'm a more of a rational person where it's like, okay, well, what is the scope of work? Who's the authority? What is the objective? Let's get it done. Yeah. I just want to know, you know, I'm like, I walk around like, talk to me about solutions. Don't talk to me about problems. <laughs> I love that. And I think, I think people like there were aware, right? Like the construction field is like, for those people who are like physically working out there, it's a hard job. Right. It's a really hard job. And it's like, why not make new and upgraded processes of doing things? People's jobs are not going to go away. If only they're only going to get better. And it's like right. the better way of living, the better way of working. It's like work smart, not harder. Right. It's right. Like- no, and, and it's happening and it's happening. Um, there is a lot of, um, and, and like, I know, for example, Suffolk is, is being, you know, a really, um, spearheading that technology side of things and implementing that and just opening up new jobs because the reality is is that the new the the new generation these kids they don't want to they don't want to do some of these tasks so it's not just like we're losing the workforce it's not just me and you that are like (laughs) what is going on it's literally like a whole generation and I know that there's like a big gap right because there's like a whole bunch of people um you know, at least in the country that they're going to retire. And there's like this huge gap, like they need workers. So I'm really, I'm so like, I can't wait to see you and continue to see you through the industry to disrupt, to make things better, make, you know, work smarter, not harder and get people to collaborate because that's really where the human interaction is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a business transaction. It's a human interaction. Exactly. And a lot of people, for, you know, forget that. And when I opened up, when, when I opened LJV, I was like, you know what, I want to, I want to build a place and have a culture where I want to work in. Like, you know, it's, it's because a lot of, um, you know, CEOs or, you know, higher leadership, they think that, you know, it's eight to five or nine to five, whatever, whatever the schedule is, but it doesn't end there and you have to take into account the your employees lives like right like and how do you you know there's like this whole thing like work life balance and all this stuff but like really walk walk the talk and implement some of these stuff and and be engaged with what your employees need um and pivot like you know and i think like covid was one of those things that it was like it forced people to think differently you know we were 100% virtual before COVID happened and then when COVID happened it was like oh my god we actually are you know 
Yeah, I mean, you're considered a thought leader in the industry now because you're already doing what needed to be done. There's more flexibility. The more you focus about like the culture and that what the companies like the employees need, you're focused truly on that human interaction. And it's the loyalty and the trust. When you have that with people genuinely, both ways will bend backwards, which means no matter what your clients win. Like no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that comes forward, right? I mean, how many employees do you talk to and they're like (laughs) talking about their bosses and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, hatch your stuff in-house, like be on the same page. So, you know, I, it's not perfect and definitely, um, you know, always striving to be better, but that's, that's the goal, right? Like, how do we, how do we make what we're doing better or how do we, um, just, I don't know, like in life, I, I feel like every day you have a chance to just, it's like a new day. It's like your new a chance to reinvent yourself if you want to. And I think like people, um, and including myself, we close ourselves off to thinking that something must be this way or something, you know, and honestly, it's like sometimes when I, I don't know, or I don't have an answer to something, I just don't do anything. And that's something that it took a while for me to even get to that because it's like, you know, we want to have control of the situation. And sometimes it's like, you know what, just giving it time, letting it be, letting, you know, things just unravel on its own is maybe the best way to go. Absolutely. I, so I use this analogy. I don't know if you've heard me say it before. I'm like, it's like, we're baking. We're like all bakers in the kitchen. I'm like, if your cake is still in the oven and it's not ready, no big deal. If your cake, like you're trying to figure out how to decorate your cake and you don't have an inspiration, no big deal. Just let it, let it like you're, you're baking, you know? And if your cake, you don't like the way your cake turned out, no big deal. Just make cupcakes. Like that's your backup plan. Exactly. Exactly. I love how you talk about like reinventing ourselves because we don't talk about that too often. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, you know, feel like liberated and free to reinvent yourself as many times as you need to meet your goals and dreams because we're constantly like evolving as humans every single day. So you have to continue to do that, right? So I think that's so like empowering and also like magical. There's, There's the process, but we also sometimes forget to like really enjoy the process versus like mm. the end goal. Right? One of my favorite quotes is the joy is in becoming, right? And I think a lot of times we think like this is our goal. Let's let's get to that goal. But what people don't realize is that you will reach that goal, but that's not what's gonna make you happy because it's like you get that goal and then you you're gonna want something else. That's just the reality of it. And so taking the time to embrace the now. Um, and I love how you talked about just, you know, human beings, like we're changing, like we're always changing, no matter what, whether we like it or not, we are changing. Either we're changing for the better, or we're changing for the worst. And so I think like, it's like, do we want to be better? Or do we want to be worse? And so you can make those decisions, right? Um, there's always a cause and an effect, right? If you don't, if you don't wake up on time or if you don't, your habits is going to make or break you at the end of the day. And it's your choice. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so 
share with us some final details of what's happening with LJV, if you can, anything that might not be too much on the DM. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we are, um, thankfully, we're making strides, we're making a ton of strides. We actually, we, we just recently won a contract with the Corps of Engineers. Um, and just to share with the public, my first federal contract was May of 2020 with the Corps of Engineers for $25,000. Um, fast forward, we won our second contract with them for $341,000, um, literally May of 2021. So that was very exciting. Uh, we're, we're starting that project, you know, recently soon, I mean, soon. And we also won a three-year contract with the GSA, so the General Service Administration. Um, so we have a, a what's called a BPA, Blanket Purchase Agreement. And so... Um, a lot of things are, are happening. It's, it's really busy in my end, which is um, like really exciting. And, yeah. you know, right now I'm just, I'm looking to hire more, um, not just workers, but, you know, hire more companies. We're, we're big on working with other companies. And so that's, that's really, that's really it. Outreach. How do we connect with other people? Um, yeah. Like you said earlier, we're working with people. We're not working with, with companies. Right. And so that's, that's the big push right now. Trying to find, um, especially with, with federal contracting, there's just so much involved that, you know, we need to find companies that, you know, understand the, the compliance pieces of that and what that means and, and to have the infrastructure for it. And so, um, it's, it's exciting, Vanessa. It's exciting. Honestly. I'm so excited like, for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I'm just, I can't wait. Um, I'm going to have to connect you with two other girlfriends of mine who are also in the construction industry. So there's only three of you in my life. So I'm like, <laughs> one of you. And, um, I, I think that you guys would totally benefit from just knowing each other at the bare minimum. I think. Yeah. And there's so, and you know, people get into this competitive mindset of like, you know, like there's so much work out there, like in every industry, there's not just not construction. There's, yeah. yeah, like look, we need People to work do. together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to emphasize that like, more and more. It's so funny. Like some people just they're really closing themselves off to opportunities because exactly. you if you work with other people, hmm? they're gonna be left behind. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, cool. Um, before why don't you before you tell us like how we can like follow you, your story, keep, you know, in contact, become your fan, <laughs> connect you with other people. Let's place like a cool fun game. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Fireside questions. What is like one of the favorite songs that is on replay right now playing? Oh, um, I love my reggaeton. So, yeah. you know, J Balvin, you know, Carol yeah. G. I'm loving the fact that Colombian people represent um, worldwide. So, yeah, I love my reggaeton. You know, that, that always gets me in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to snack right now in the summer? Snack? Um, you know, I, I love those bay drinks. I know it's not necessarily a snack, but no, I love those juices. The, the yeah, yeah. bay, like the yes. bay juices. Yes, yes, so yes, delicious. Yes. I think and, you know, I'm trying to, trying to keep my, my girly figure, right? And so it's the summer. And so okay. I'm just keeping it light. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, ice cream or Froyo? Ice cream. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, 
I'm a chocolate. I don't like, I don't like candy. I like chocolate. I like sweets, more of the sweeter stuff. Uh, favorite beverage, like any type of beverage, hot. Uh, alcoholic beverages. <laughs> <laughs> any particular one? Um, no, I'm, I'm a fan of all spirits. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I haven't heard that one yet. I love it. You know, um, yeah, no, I, I honestly, it just depends on the mood, right? Like if I'm in the summer, I want maybe like a you know a glass of rosé. If I'm at night, maybe I want to drink some bourbon. Um, I've had the privilege to really be in the in the liquor industry and more of an educational um, side of things too. So uh, I, I really enjoy my, my beverages, my cocktails, and usually yeah. I just drink everything straight up. So, yeah. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Dogs. Yes, I have a, a golden doodle who's sixty-five oh, pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. No, I'm not a cat person. Don't hate them, but not for me. <laughs> Favorite vacation spot or a place that you want to go to, like very much. My favorite vacation is, um, I, I love going to Miami. That's really my reset button, and not to Miami Beach. I, I like to. I have some family there, so. Uh, I have some family that they they own a hotel in Brickell. And so usually what I do is that I just go there and spend maybe a week. And it's almost like a reset, just anywhere that there's ocean, sun, please. Like, I want to be there all the time. (laughs) Okay, so final question. What does it mean to be a creative human to you? Oh, I love that question. Um... To be a creative human is to think outside of the box, not box yourself in, to really think about there's a million ways to do one thing and thinking through all those options um, is to be a creative human, at least for me. So, Awesome. Yes. Okay. Tell us your website, how we can follow. Yes, yes, yes. Contact. So LinkedIn is definitely my go-to. So, you know, Lisette Velez. Follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, also check out our website, lgvdevelopment.com. We also uh, have lgvconstruction.com. They're the same website. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really open to connecting with people and, you know, whatever questions or wh- whatever way I can help someone. Um, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't cost me anything, then I do it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lisette. Thank you, Vanessa. Grateful. Uh, Make sure you all tune in for next week's episode. We will have another, a person that inspires me. And I'm so excited to see you all very soon. Bye.